Shalom, brothers and sisters. Today we are having a timely conversation. Um, today's lesson is going to be relationships and righteousness. Satan has a catastrophic plan to separate our families in order to take our rulership, our <coughs> dominion, our supremacy. There's a systemic agenda to attack the nucleus of the family in order to get to the children. Um, we, As we know, family structure begins with the man. Um, and men have to learn how to take their families back. So we're going to go into that today. Um, you know, uh, one of the most equitable qualities we believe um, that a man or woman can have is to admit culpability. Not to blame each other. Because that's what happened in the garden. You know, when he asked Adam, Adam, what did you do? Well, the woman that you gave me, right? And then Eve, she she blamed the serpent. So we're not going to go into blaming each other today. We really want to just give some resolve. This uh, this particular lesson, um, we had a lot of brothers and sisters, maybe not in this room, but um, have asked for us to put something together like this. So Jews and Gentiles alike will be able to receive this information and uh, apply it. So we're going to 1 Corinthians 7 and 28. First Corinthians seven, verse twenty-eight. But and if thou marry, thou hast not sinned; and if a virgin marry, she hath not sinned. Nevertheless, such shall have trouble in the flesh. But I spare you. So your prerogative, our prerogatives change when you, you know, when you enter a, a marriage or a relationship. Uh, read that one more time, brother. Verse twenty-eight. But and if thou marry, thou hast not sinned. And if a virgin marry, she hath not sinned. Nevertheless, such shall have trouble in the flesh, but I spare you. The operative word is trouble. So in a marriage, in a relationship, there will be trouble. There will be trouble. So, you know, a happy marriage or a blessed marriage is one that's sustained through affliction. So we want to go into some of those things because especially in the minority uh, and, and specifically Benjamin, Judah, and Levi, for some reason we have the same... Um, you know, issues as, you know, the other tribes and other races, but we handle them differently for some reason. Our first, you know, first thing to do is split up. That's what, you know, for some reason, that's how, you know, most black people are handling their situations. One thing that we have to know is, you know, how to gratify our wives, you know, as men, because it begins with the men. Um, There's certain things that women require, which is, you know, they require go- growth. From year to year, they don't like to see stagnation in their home. So as men, we have to continuously grow. Um, you must sacrifice. Uh, it, Israel have never had easy matrimony. If you're thinking about our father, Abraham, look at what he went through, where his wife gave up her handmaid or her best friend to, you know, have a child for him. And she dealt with that for 13 years. She dealt with that for 13 years. We had our forefather, Jacob, who married two sisters. Incidentally, he not purposely, he, the, the father-in-law tricked him into marrying two sisters. So we have never had easy matrimony. So we want to give some resolve and some strength and, you know, help brothers and sisters come together to get our righteous power back. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 28. But and if thou marry, thou hast not sinned. And if a virgin marry, she hath not sinned. Nevertheless, such shall have trouble in the flesh. But I spare you. So there will be adversity in a relationship. A lot of times um, we fall in love with the 
the falling in love part to say, you know, that that beginning part of infatuation where it's like, you know, you just you just want to stare at each other. Everything is fine. Everything is okay. And then once that first year wears off, you're thinking, you know, we're growing apart when really you're not growing apart. This is the real meat of the relationship. You're just not in the infatuation stage anymore. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 28. But if thou marry, thou hast not sinned. And if a virgin marry, she hath not sinned. Nevertheless, such shall have trouble in the flesh. Right. spare you. Right, right. So what we want to do is a lot of brothers may be thinking, well, I'm not married. I didn't put a ring on it. You know, we didn't walk down an aisle. So we want to first go into what marriage is according to the Bible. So you can understand that just because you didn't put a ring on somebody's finger doesn't mean the most high is not viewing your responsibility as a husband or wife. After you take that stance to come together with a sister or a brother, there's obligations that come with that. We're going to, uh, let's go to Genesis 24. We're going to read Genesis 24. We're going to read 63 through the rest of the chapter. We want to give some insight on what the most high views as marriage. Genesis 24, verse 63. And Isaac went out to meditate in the field at eventide. And he lifted up his eyes and saw. And behold, the camels were coming. Now we know that Isaac is the son, you know, the second son of Abraham. Our forefathers, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. This is Isaac. Continue, brother. Verse 64. And Rebekah lifted up her eyes. And when she saw Isaac, she lighted off the camel. For she had said unto the servant, what man is that that walketh in the field to meet us? And the servant has said, It is my master. Therefore she took a veil and covered herself. Now this is the first time that our forefather and foremother have ever seen each other. Isaac and his soon-to-be wife, Rebecca. Uh, read that one more time, brother. Verse 65. For she hath said unto the servant, What man is this that walketh in the field to meet us? And the servant hath said, It is my master. Therefore, she took a veil and covered herself. And this is where you get the veil from in, quote unquote, the, you know, the modern day marriages. You know, this is where it comes from, because a woman is supposed to be shame faced in front of her man. That's where this comes from. Continue, brother. Verse 66. And the servant told Isaac all the things that had that he had done. And Isaac brought her into his mother, Sarah's tent and took Rebecca. Read that again. Verse 67. And Isaac brought her into his mother, Sarah's tent. And took Rebekah, and she became his wife, and he loved her. And Isaac was comforted after his mother's death. It says that, now remember, they had just met. This was the first time. It said that he took Rebekah. Now, this is a Bible, so it's not going to be extremely graphic, but we understand, those of us who, who are adults, what transpired in the tent. Was there a pastor in the tent? Or, you know, was there a congregation of people or party in the tent? So what the Bible constitutes as the institution of marriage is consummation of the flesh in conjunction with a lifelong partnership through good and bad. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 67. And Isaac brought her into his mother, Sarah's tent and took Rebekah and she became his wife and he loved her. And Isaac was comforted after his mother's death. Why is it calling her his wife if they just met and she didn't even know who he was? See? So I understand that the older generation, they probably don't want to accept this reason being is because they felt like they took the necessary steps 
for marriage. So, you know, it'll be a little pushback with that, you know, but we're not to attack anybody. We just want to put out what the truth is, because the most high views when you laying down with a brother or a sister and you working together, living together and, you know, that that's viewed as marriage. He's not saying, you know what, you didn't get that paperwork. So, you know, no, if we understood that marriage started when we laid down, that was the beginning, then we would take more responsibility. A lot of brothers are saying, you know, well, you know, we didn't walk down the aisle yet, so I'm still playing on the side. I'm still doing this on the side. When truly the Most High is viewing that right there as the marriage. So we have to take it serious from Jump Street. Read that one more time, brother, please. Verse 67. And Isaac brought her into his mother Sarah's tent and took Rebekah. And she became his wife and he loved her. And Isaac was comforted after his mother's death. Now he loved her in the tent. That's when she became his wife. Let's go to Ruth for further proof. We're going to go to Ruth 4, verse 13. Ruth 4, verse 13. So Boaz took Ruth, and she was his wife. Brother, please read Ruth 4 and 13 once again. Ruth 4, verse 13. So Boaz took Ruth. And she was his wife. Read that again. So Boaz took Ruth and she was his wife. Notice the similarities in the verbiage between this scripture and the scripture before to prove to you that consummation of the flesh is marriage. Read that again, brother. Verse 13. So Boaz took Ruth and she was his wife. And when he went in unto her, the Lord gave her conception and she bare a son. See? She became his wife when he went un- in unto her. That's what marriage is according to scripture. It has nothing to do with an agreement that you've made with the government. That's your government law. The Most High is not dealing with the laws of the government. Because if that's the case, can two, does the Most High view two men uh, signing a paper? Is that marriage then? Is two women bumping each other? Licking each other? Which is disgusting. Is that viewed as marriage? So no, we deem the institution of marriage as the Bible says. So we got to take it very serious when we choose, you know, a so-called spouse or mate. We should be thinking not about, you know, oh, you know, he dressed his hair, the nice hair, his beard, you know, his muscles. And brothers have to get past the carnality and, you know, you know, how is her hair, her eyes, her shape? We got to get past that. You, We should be thinking about who can I build a legacy with? Because that's how other, that's how Gentiles think about it. How can I build a legacy that would uplift my name after my death? And that's what happens when you get married. You have children, you build together. You build dominion and rulership together. And that's how we should look at it. That's how uh, Israelites should look at it. Read that one more time before we move on, please, brother. Verse 13. So Boaz took Ruth, and she was his wife. And when he went in unto her... The Lord gave her conception, and she bare a son. So when you lay down with a brother or a sister, there's a responsibility that comes behind that. There's a responsibility. Let's go to Matthew 19, Christ's words. What did Christ have to say about it? We need you to, you know, take take your, your personal feelings about what you thought was marriage. And just, you know, read the scriptures. Read what's there and believe that. Because if the way, you know, the way they have instituted it today was the right way, then why are over 50% of quote-unquote marriages ending in divorce? Why is that? 
if that was the so-called right way. Uh, read, brother, please. 19, verse... 4 through 6, please. Matthew 19, verse 4. And he answered and said unto them, Have ye not read that he which made them at the beginning made them male and female? See, male and female. Now, we know that what's made is mimicking what's in heaven. As we say in our prayers, right? As in heaven, you know, on earth as it is in heaven. So male and female were made in the beginning. Not male and male. Not female and female. So there's no excuse because it wasn't so at its conception. Continue, brother. Verse 5. And said, For this cause shall a man leave father and mother, and shall cleave to his wife. Cleave to his wife. See? Why is it saying wife again? How do you cleave? That's consummation of the flesh. Read that scripture one more time, brother. Verse 5. And said, For this cause shall a man leave father and mother, and shall cleave to his wife, and they shall twain, and they twain shall be one flesh. See, one flesh. The Most High God have made our bodies so perfect that they fit together. That's marriage. There's responsibility. There's obligations that come with that particular act. Uh, continue, brother. Verse 6. Wherefore, they are no more twain, but one flesh. What therefore God hath joined together... Let no man put asunder. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 6. Wherefore, they are no more twain, but one flesh. What therefore God hath joined together, let no man put asunder. So, irregardless of what our parents think, our grandparents, our aunts and uncles, or those who are, you know, in, of authority of us, believe about what marriage is, read that one more time, brother. Verse 6. Wherefore, they are no more twain, but one flesh. What therefore God hath joined together... Let no man put asunder. See, so what God have joined together, it, it, it's, it doesn't matter what anybody else think. As long as you and your husband or your wife have the understanding that that's a commitment that you made when you laid down, when you went to the bedroom. Regardless of who don't understand it, as long as you understand it, that's all that matters. That's all that matters. We're going to go to we're going to go to Genesis one, because while we have been selling the institution of marriage. The perverts, the homosexuals, are basking in the ambiance. They're like, I got my little, you know, I got my papers. And we're walking away from each other. So while we put it down, they picked it up. Uh, we're going to Genesis 1. The Most High made man and male and female to be together and stick together. And, you know, that divide in the garden led to the destruction of both male and female. Go ahead, brother. Genesis 1, verse 26. And God said, Let us make man in our image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air. Read that again, brother. The whole thing? Yes, sir, please. Verse 26. And God said, Let us make man in our image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea. Let them... So they are supposed to have rulership and dominion together. They both lost this through the sin. See, so we're supposed to be together so we can rule. Without that, what, what do we have? So man is supposed to be with woman and woman is supposed to be with man. Read that one more time from the top, brother. That scripture. Verse 26. And God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. And let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the things on earth, 
and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. Right. So he set up man, which is male and female, is man, to have dominion on the earth the same way he have dominion in the heavens. That's what he did. Now, he, through male and female, he have given, you know, uh, he have given each individual a paramount perspective uh, to lead. So thing, you know, sometimes a woman going to see things different from a, than a man. Her outlook on things are going to be different. Why? Because she's not a man. A woman is a woman and a man is a man. So it don't really matter if you don't understand why he's saying it or she don't understand because the most high made you to be diverse. That's the good thing. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 20, verse 26. And God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth. Right. And over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. Right, right. So we should be together to have dominion. We are both supposed to rule. It's not a man thing. It's not a woman thing. It's together. Some of us, you know, may have may not be married right now. But these are the tools that we will need um, as that time come around for you to start looking for a mate. What is the foundation that we should build upon? Because if you don't build upon this foundation here... It's going to it's going to wash away. It's going to wash away. Let's go to Genesis five and one. Excuse me one second. We're going to read Genesis chapter five and we're going to read verse one and two. Genesis five verse one. This is the book of the generations of Adam in the day that God created man. In the, likeness, in the likeness of God made he him. Male and female created he them and blessed them and called their name Adam. See, they're both Adam. So when it's referring to Adam or man, it's actually referring to male and female. That is man. Woman means from man. Read that scripture again, brother. Verse 2. Male and female created he them and blessed them and called their name Adam. In the day when they were created. Right. Now let's go back to Genesis 1 and 26. We wanted to prove to you that man is male and female. Let's go to uh, back to Genesis 1. We're going to read 26 again. Verse 26. And God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. Right. So... A woman is a helpmate, a helpmate. She is to see what we can't see, brothers and sisters. The man is your protector, your provider, and he's going to see things a little bit differently. But both outlooks or view or vantage points need to be respected. Women are made to see things diverse. I hear brothers say, well, you know, we just don't see eye to eye. And I'm like, brother. What do you want, a man? I don't understand. She's meant to see things differently from you. That's that's what the Most High wanted. You need two different isolated vantage points. Now, Satan wants us to have uh, irre irreconcilable conflict and uncompromising. So we'll say, brothers will say, well, we're just not seeing eye to eye on some things, so I'll leave. No, see, that's exactly what Satan wants. That's That's what a lot of us do. We'd rather just go start over again somewhere and then fall in love with the infatuation part again and then do it again. And then break up when it gets hard. 
There will be trouble when you come into a relationship, even in the truth. There will be trouble. That's why we have to stand upon what we can prove. Therefore, you have you have you know, you have protection. You have a defense because you're going from the Bible and not your own playbook. If you go from your own playbook, then it's, it's pro- you know, it's probably safe to say that your perspective won't be respected from either side because you're going from your own playbook. If you can show somebody that God said through the Holy Bible said something that gives you a little bit of, you know, a little bit of defense that you can protect yourself with. Um, Let's go to Jeremiah 31. Because when, when Adam lost his dominion, something changed, something happened. We're going to Jeremiah 31. Verse 22. <clears throat> Jeremiah 31, verse 22. How long wilt thou go about, O thou backsliding daughter? Now, when he's talking about a backsliding daughter, he's referencing Israel to a backsliding daughter, a nation of people. This isn't specifically talking about women until later on in the passage. Verse 22. How long wilt thou go about, O thou backsliding daughter? For the Lord hath created a new thing in the earth. A woman shall compass a man. See, it says a new thing. So that means it wasn't before. This was a new thing that a woman would compass a man. We're going to go to the Hebrew definition for it. So you can see it's the Hebrew number 5437 of what compass means. So I'm going to go to Jeremiah 31, 22 in your, your concordance. And... We're going to read what compass is. Excuse me. Jeremiah 31, verse 22. Can you read that scripture again, brother, please? Verse 22. How long wilt thou go about, O thou backsliding daughter? For the Lord hath created a new thing in the earth. A woman shall compass a man. Right. Now, it's the Hebrew number 5347. And it says, oh, excuse me. It says to turn, turn about or around or side or back towards Go about, around, surround, encircle, change directions. It also says, it says surround or border. It says bring, cast, fetch, lead. See, that's, that's the word right there. Satan want the woman to direct the man, even though she came from the man. This started then. So to compass means to lead. So what Satan have done is set up a systemic way for a woman to, you know, put a man in a in a spiritual prison where he can't exercise his strength. Can you read that scripture one more time, brother, please? Jeremiah 31, verse 22. How long wilt thou go about, O thou backsliding daughter? For the Lord hath created a new thing in the earth. A woman shall compass a man. Right. So they, you know, they would allow a woman the the right or the power to circumvent a man's strength if a man is not going to be able to lead he's probably going to leave at that point because what do you need him for while you're doing a man's job something is being left undone 
So that's one thing. If you don't allow a man to lead, it's probably not going to go too well, even if he's wrong. Let him lead and be wrong. But, you know, if you take away his power, what makes him a man, it's going to be a struggle. It's going to be a struggle. So Eve came from Adam and Satan wants women to direct men. They want you. They want. They set our sisters up to take a man's courage, to take his power, make him, you know, decrepit. That's what that's what Satan wants. He wants to weaponize the daughters of Zion against the men. During the 50s, the 60s, there was a, you know, a woman's liberal movement. And, you know, that's completely against God. Um, You know, it's not that we don't want our sisters to be strong, but our sisters have a duty and the duty is not to lead. Now, there may not be a man there. You, you know what I'm saying? But when there is a man there, we have to allow him to lead. And brothers have to pick up the Bible because a sister should be able to come to you for some level of understanding and counsel and guidance. And she can't come to you for that. You in bad case, brother. If a woman cannot come to you for guidance and counsel and understanding, there's going to be an issue. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 22. How long wilt thou go about, O thou backsliding daughter? For the Lord hath created a new thing in the earth. A woman shall compass a man. Right. So we must ascertain how this keeps us from our purpose. Women, you know, at this point now, they're raising the families. They're they're providing. They're raising the families. They're doing everything. And I think that some sisters will actually give up some of that responsibility because they're tired. They're tired of doing everything. But they're not going to give it up to a man who they cannot trust, who's going to destroy their legacy. That's what's not going to happen. So men must link into the most high to get their righteous power back. That's what men must do. This is it said as it was a new thing. So in the beginning, it wasn't so because Adam was to lead Eve. But they have set up in society where women are making more. You know, they're provided with opportunities um, that men don't get. Even when you're struggling and, you know, the welfare and that type of thing, they will give housing to women that they don't give to men. The jobs, everything in this world. Is catered towards a woman. Not that it's a bad thing, but the man is supposed to be leading. And through us having single families, look at what have made of our communities through women leading. Not that there's anything wrong with a woman, but a woman have to be led. Why? Because sometimes she don't make the right decisions when she's emotional. The Most High's flock is men. He set up men, disciples. Christ was a man. So we have to allow men to lead righteously. And brothers have to actually lead righteously because you, we can't just go into the Bible when we're trying to correct our sisters. She's thinking we don't pray together. We don't read together. But you keep going into the Bible when you're trying to change my behavior. That's not going to work, brothers. That's not going to work at all. We're going to you're going to have a, you're going to struggle with that, whether she's right or wrong. Even if you have the proof, if you use the Bible as a weapon, it's, it's you're going to get pushback because why? She's not going to. She's not going to follow disobedience. And you're being disobedient to the Most High. So she's not going to comply with that at all. Let's go to Ezekiel. Let's go to Ezekiel 34. We're going to Ezekiel 34 and 31. Ezekiel 34 verse 31. And ye my flock, the flock of my pastor, are men. Read that again, brother. And ye my flock, the flock of my pastor, are men. And I am your God, saith the Lord God. I am. I am. Once again, he's telling us his name is I am. 
We just, we, you know, when we're blinded through that Christianity, we just miss all the times where he was telling us his name. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 31. And ye, my flock, the flock of my pastor, are men. And I am your God, saith the Lord God. Right. So men have to take full responsibility. It's a lot of deadbeat dads out there. A lot of brothers who, you know, just jumping from woman to woman, making families all over the place without taking care of their responsibility. And our question is, how can you know that you have a seed out there and you're not there to protect him or her? How does that make you feel? We have to do better. Starting with the men, because why? The flock of his pastures, men. The work is to be done by the men. The 144,000 are men, and the women are counted under that man for the 144,000. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 31. And ye, my flock, the flock of my pastor, are men, and I am your God, saith the Lord God. Right. So men need to find their work in this ministry and bring your brick. That's what that means. There's a job for all men to do. You find out what's not being done, what your gift is, and then you bring your brick and you help us build the body of Christ. That's your job. That's your job. Now, you know, during ancient times when we were a people, a man, a boy became a man at the age of 12. So, you know, right now, a lot of us, you know, men are still growing and still learning how to be a man because there may not have been a man there. The man that may have been there may have not had the understanding of the Most High, but at the age of 12, he was a man. Why? Because your father taught you to read the scripture every day, you know, every Sabbath. He taught you how to be a man. Whatever his trade was, was your trade. He brought you up in the laws of the Most High. See, the Jewish people, they're ruling over us because they read, they had their children reading in the law. At 12, they're already in the synagogues reading the law. So they know law. That's why they're the lawyers. That's why they're ruling us because their children know law at a young age. So we got to pick that up. You would practice with your son, you know, constantly. And then when he became 12, he would come into the temple. He would ask for that scroll and then he would read and he would be introducing himself into manhood. Now it's like, you know, we are 30, 40, 50 still trying to figure this thing out. Sisters, we all know sisters mature a lot faster. They grow a lot faster when you see, you know, young girls, right? They got their little dollhouse and they put in the furniture and all of that. They, they're, that's real life to them. That's exactly how they're going to do their furniture when they have it. That's how it is. So sisters are preparing brothers right now. We're focused on basketball, football, guns, everything else, but perfecting the family. And Satan have a destructive plan to attack, attack the family and split us apart in order to take our rulership. Now, you know, if sisters understand that the men are supposed to be doing the work and the man understand he should be doing the work, then allow him to do the work. Don't say don't say how a man's not stepping up. You step down and then let him step up because you both can't do the same job. A woman is important in a family. Very, very important. But she have to be after her man. She have to let her man lead her. And we you know, our sisters, especially Israelites. They are very strong-minded. They will not be steamrolled. But if, if she can trust you to be a man of God, she may not even understand it, but she know that you, you know, you're dealing with the Most High. You are taking counsel from the Most High before you make any decisions based on your family or your legacy or your household. She will allow you. She may not understand it, but she knows that you wouldn't make a decision that would jeopardize your family because you're a man of the Most High. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 31. <clears throat> 
And ye my flock, the flock of my pastor, are men. And I am your God, saith the Lord God. Right. So as we said, a woman should be able to come to us, brothers, for some level of understanding. And I don't mean, you know, things that are hard to build. You know what I mean? Like changing brakes and stuff. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about spiritually. They should be able to get some resolve from the man that they call their husband, that they made a commitment to. And that haven't been going on, the you know, these past few decades. And we're not blaming anybody. We are here to resolve it and say we're the issue. And what can we do? We want to, you know, brothers and sisters want to know what they can do to change the outcome of what's going on in our community. And it starts with you. It starts with us. That's what we can change. Because whether a brother is doing the right thing or not, or a sister's doing the right thing, you're still responsible to God for your wifely duties or for your, you know, as a husband. Whether she's following it or not, or whether you're following it or not, have nothing to do with the judgment that's going to come upon us. Because when you stand for the Most High, it's just going to be us. I mean, it's just going to be me. It's just going to be you. We, we, Our wife is not going to be there. You're not going to be able to say, well, she wasn't listening to me. So I went out and I did this and I did that. That's not going to be able to work. You're responsible to the Most High when you lay down. When you make that bond and say, we're going to be together, we're going to work together and build our, this legacy, you're responsible from there on out. From there on out. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 13 and 11. Because men have to be men. Men have to be men. 1 Corinthians 13 verse 11. When I was a child, I spake as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child, but when I became a man, I put away childish things. So the games, at some point, the games got to stop, brothers. The games have to stop. You cannot be sitting up, you know, in the house playing, uh, you know, NBA Live 2K18 all day. And then, you know, when something transpires in the family, you like, woman, you, you need to listen to me. I, I'm the man. But you're sitting there getting your fingers blistered on a video game all day long. I know brothers in their mom's living room or basement smoking spliffs all day playing Madden. Talking about, yeah, I, I got two, three wives. Don't even got a dishwashing job. <laughs> this is what's going on. So the games have to stop because she's looking at you. She's watching you. I'm not saying you can't play video games every now and then. But, you you know, we have to we have to put some type of balance on it. That can't be the number one thing that we like to do. Because that's going to bring in the question on everything. You, you're playing video games. She's providing. She's cleaning your clothes. She's folding it up. She's cooking for you. She's, you know, she's uh, she's she's giving you what, what we would deem her wifely duties for you as a man. She's doing all of this and you're playing video games. See? She's not going to follow you, brother. She's not going to follow you. She's not asking you for a Madden cheat code. She's asking you <laughs> to, you know, build a legacy, help her build a rulership, strengthen her. So we got to get back to that. Men are much more than just a sexual object. That's not what men are. Men are men of the most high. And we're supposed to raise our families, teach our women, raise our children, be protectors, providers. That's what a man does. And we got to come back to that. Put the videos game, put the video games down for a time. You can go to it. We're not saying you can't play, but that cannot be the main thing. Your wife is like, yeah, I, I can't go out there. He, he playing a video game. When he get on his games, I can't really say nothing to him. That shouldn't be. That shouldn't be. We got to put the video games down because our brothers struggle. I know a personal friends of mine 
who they just sit in the house all day and bet money on playing video games. That's how they get their rent money, just betting, betting, just betting. That's not what a man of the Most High does. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 11. When I was a child, I spake as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. Right. So if you're going to lead, then you got to put away the childish things. Not to say you can't, you know, dabble a little bit and have fun. But the majority of your responsibility in your home have nothing to do with playing games. That's the thing. So we have to, you know, put things back in its correct order. That's what we have to do. Let's go to, you know, Genesis 3. And it's not just the video games. You know, hanging out with your boys every day. Like, why are you trying to hang out with your boys? You're a grown man. Go home with your wife. I know, brothers. It's like they want to hang out with the boys every day. Every day. What about your wife? What about the one you made the commitment to? What about that one? Your friends will be there. Friends will be there. And their wives are probably saying the same thing. Every day? Every day y'all got to be out? Y'all got to hang together every day? You don't like my company? We got to put those childish things away and spend that quality time listening. We know that sisters like to talk. They like to express themselves. So they, they need to tell you how they feel. That's how they get over things. We be like, yeah, yeah, all right, yeah. I don't want to talk about it right now. That's how men be. I don't want to talk about it. She needs to talk about it, though. We have to listen because that's how she gets over things. Let's go. Let's go to Genesis 3 and 16. Genesis 3, verse 16. Unto the woman, he said, I will greatly multiply thy sorrow and thy conception. In sorrow thou shalt bring forth children. And thy desire shall be to thy husband, and he shall rule over thee. And he what? Shall rule over thee. See, so he had to go back and put it in order, because Eve got out of order. So he needed to go back and reestablish it. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 16. Unto the woman he said, I will greatly multiply thy sorrow and thy conception. In sorrow thou shalt bring forth children, and thy desire shall be to thy husband. Right, so that's that birth pain, that pain during birth. That was part of... You know, the curse that came with the sin of Adam and Eve. It says that their desire would be to their husband. So they would actually have something in them that would desire to please their man. That That's in them. That's why they feel like they love us more when they don't. But it's something in them that feels like that. They love first, actually. And they love a lot harder sometimes. Right? Read that one more time, brother. Verse 16. Unto the woman, he said... I will greatly multiply thy sorrow and thy conception. In sorrow thou shalt bring forth children, and thy desire shall be to thy husband, and he shall rule over thee. See, so that's the divine order. Christ, well, the Most High, Christ, the man, the woman, the children. Everybody have a job to do. We can't do each other's jobs, though, because if you start doing his job, he's going to shy away because what is there left for him to do? He's going to play video games because he can't make any decisions. You got to allow him. Trust the man that you made a decision to be with that if he was good enough to lay down with, then he's good enough to make some decisions too, right? This is why he had to go back. Remember it said that a man would would compass, a woman would compass a man. This came through the sin of Adam and Eve. So he had to go back and put it into order. She got out of order. And that's okay. Men have to learn how to take control. Listen, you know, I love you, babe. You know, um, I respect everything that you're saying, but, you know, I'm the man and I'm going to make the final decision. 
That's it. Righteously. Respect her. Love her. Hear her out. But you need to make the decision. Because he chose you to rule over her. She's your help me. She shouldn't be ruling over you. That's how it should be. Let's move forward. Let's go to Isaiah 3. We're going to read excuse me, Isaiah chapter 3, verse 12. Isaiah 3, verse 12. As for my people, children are they oppressors, and women rule over them. Read that again. As for my people, children are their oppressors, and women rule over them. O my people, they which lead thee cause thee to err. And destroy the path of thy, and destroy the way of thy path. Right. See, so now children are being used to oppress. How is that? Through holidays. Well, we we we're just gonna do it for the kids. Just for the kids, we're gonna do that. And then what? Can we just one time? Let us do it one time. And then you do it, and Israel's losing everything. See, it's saying that you know a woman would rule over us. That's why we're in the case that we're in. Look at our communities. Look at our communities. This is why. Because the man's not stepping up. And the woman won't step down. See? Read that one more time, brother. Verse 12. As for my people, children are their oppressors. And women rule over them. O my people, they which lead thee to cause thee to err. And destroy the way of thy path. They which lead thee cause thee to error. So when a woman is leading, they will cause you to error. Because it's not her job or responsibility to lead. Sisters, allow these brothers to lead. Brothers, actually lead righteously. And don't deviate from the Bible. Because if you deviate from the Bible, you're going to get a disobedient wife. Because you're making up stuff now. That's nowhere in scripture. You're making up stuff now. See? See? I was raised by a mother, you know, and my mother did a phenomenal job. But as a whole, look at our communities from single mother homes. What are we doing? We run in the streets. We're fornicators. We're gangbangers. We're stealing. We're thieves. This all comes from there being no protector in the home. Mm-hmm. Nobody to enforce the laws. Because why? A sister can't raise, raise a young boy. She put, well, she put a video game in front of him. I can't deal with him. Right? Now Nickelodeon is raising our children. Disney Channel. Because she can't do it. It's not her job to do it alone. So we got to come together. Work together. In order to get this rulership back. Let's go to Ecclesiastes. 12 and 13. Ecclesiastes 12 verse 13. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Read that again. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. So we are to hear the conclusion of the whole matter, which means when a man's speaking, we don't interrupt him. Even me. You let a man speak, even if you don't agree. Sisters and brothers, this is a respect thing. You let that brother speak or you let that sister speak and don't keep jumping in and out. You know, just allow him to speak. That's respect. Read that again, brother. Verse 13. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments. For this is the whole duty of man. Fear God and keep his commandments. That's the duty of the man. That's the duty of the man. He's supposed to rule over his wife. But the only way he's going to rule over his wife is if he fear God and keep his commandments. It's right that you fear the most high. Because if you fear him, that means you'll follow him. When you're scared of your parents, you usually do what they tell you to do. Because you're scared. You may not even like it, but you're going to do it though. Because you're scared. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 13. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments. 
For this is the whole duty of man. Right. So this is the duty of a man. A man need to do these things in order to for his woman or his wife, his girlfriend, whatever you want to call it, to allow him to lead. That's the only way that this is going to happen. You have to be on your duty, man. Your duty is not to, you know, of course, you're a provider. You know, you're going to work. You're going to do those things, too. And the whole duty of a man, number one, is to fear the most high. And if you fear him, you keep his commandments. That doesn't mean that you have no responsibility when the books close. As a man, we still have responsibility. Sometimes brothers get so deep into the truth. It's just like all they do is study. They don't do nothing else outside the house. So I know a few years ago, I, I saw a sister. We were just small talking. And she was telling me, yeah, I was out cutting the grass. And I'm like, you were cutting the grass? She's like, yeah, my husband's watching a football game. And I'm like, wow. Now, she wasn't an Israelite. She was an Edomite. But I'm just like, wow, you were cutting the grass, right? So there's things, as a man, we still have to do in the house when the book is closed. There's still a relationship, right? The sisters are doing everything. They're working. They're taking care of the children. They're cleaning the clothes, folding the clothes, taking out the trash. They're doing everything. Where, you know, where do we come in? So if we want to be able to speak to them afterwards, we got to hold up that responsibility too. First, though, you fear God, you keep his commandments. And that will lead you to want to help. I know personally for me, um, there's things that I should do. And I sometimes am lackadaisical about it. I know that I need to do it. And I'll be like, I'll get it in an hour. And then I see my wife doing it and I get up right immediately. Because it's just something in me that be like, no, I'll get it, grab it out of her hand. You should have did it. It's just something in me. <laughs> When I, she knows a quick way to get me to do something is to go start doing it herself. <laughs> That's how we are. That's how brothers are. So we're not saying that, you know, just read your Bible and follow your commandments. That's the beginning of it. But there's other responsibilities for you to, you know, handle your, your husbandly duties. Listen to your wife. Please your wife. Help your wife. Right? That's It's, it's a two-way street. It's a two-way street. We got to respect each other. We have to. Let's go to, um, let's go to Matthew 7. Let's go to Matthew 7 and 24. Uh, We're going to read 24 through 27. This is Christ. Matthew 7, verse 24. Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man, which built his house upon a rock. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat upon that house, and it fell not. For it was founded upon a rock. Right. See, so when your house is built upon that rock, notice it says when the rain did come. It didn't say if the rain comes. That rain will come. Read that scripture again, brother. 25. Verse 25. Yeah. And the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat upon that house and it fell not for it was founded upon a rock. So if you build your relationship on that rock, that is Christ, that is this word, when that trouble comes that we spoke about in Corinthians that trouble from being in a relationship comes it'll stand because the trouble will come it will rain and if you have this foundation you built it upon Christ it will stand read that from the top brother verse 24 therefore whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them I will liken him into into a wise man which built his house upon a rock and the rain descended and the floods came And the winds blew and beat upon that house, and it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. And everyone that heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them not shall be likened unto a foolish man, which built his house upon the sand. See, so once that newness wears off, you know, 
Because, you know, looks fade. You get older. People get older, right? Once that newness, that lust or carnality fades off, then what? You have nothing to stand on. So we have to, cho- you know, choose our partners wiser. You know, is there going to be an issue of us trying to follow the Most High? Is he following another God? Is she following another God, for instance? Me being a Jew or even just a Christian, if I meet a sister who's a Muslim, then I don't even need to inquire about us getting together because it's going to be an issue. We can't build upon this rock. We got to build upon the rock. If you don't build upon what Christ said or the Most High said, it will fall down because you have no protection. You have no protection. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 26. And everyone that heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them not shall be likened unto a foolish man, which built his house upon the sand. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon that house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. Right. So if you want to continuously waste your time, waste your emotions, waste your money, just keep building upon what you think you you want to build it on. You build it on this foundation, on Christ, on the Most High. And don't compromise yourself. Don't compromise yourself, sisters. If he's not going to be a man of the most high, he's probably not going to respect you. No matter how fine you think he is or whatever. You got to... The most high is helping you. You know, he's helping you get out some of those weeds. Because, you know, everybody's not going to follow it. And that's easy for you because if you're not going to follow it, then I know you're not the one. Brothers, if a sister will not allow you to lead... When you're doing it righteously, then that's not the sister for you. That's not her. Because she won't allow you to establish the laws. You know, it may take some time, of course. But if she's just not with it, then that's probably not the one. That's not the one for you. Let's move on to 1 Corinthians 11. We must build upon this rock. Because if you have Christ, you know, at the center of your relationship then Christ is fighting for your relationship too. It's just not you. It's not just you. We're going to go to 1 Corinthians 11 and 3. 1 Corinthians 11 verse 3. But I would have you know that the head of every man is Christ, and the head of the woman is the man, and the head of Christ is God. See, so if you want a woman to allow you to lead, this has to be the order. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 3. But I would have you know That the head of every man is Christ, and the head of the woman is the man, and the head of Christ is God. So the man has to be following and obedient to Christ. That's the only way that she's going to allow you to lead. Because if you're being disobedient, she will not comply. So if you're dealing with a disobedient wife, you should talk to the Most High about it. Why are you allowing my wife to be disobedient? And he'll tell you, because you're being disobedient. So this is how we, you know... If you want her to be submissive to you, and a a woman that's submissive is a caveat. It's a great thing. She will allow you to lead. Every woman not going to allow that. Brothers understand that. They know. They know that. I dealt with women in my family that I saw wouldn't allow the men to lead. They just steamrolled the man. And it was to the point where he was half out of the relationship. He was there. He wasn't cheating, but he wasn't applying himself because he wasn't respected. His, His vision wasn't respected. They would just overtake everything, just grab it all. You don't do anything. You don't make no decision. What I say, go. And that's not that's not a healthy relationship at all. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 3. But I would have you know that the head of every man is Christ, 
and the head of the woman is the man, and the head of Christ is God. Right. So even Christ have a head. And this is a man of God it's talking about. Every man, his head is not Christ, but a man of God, a man dealing with this book. He's following what Christ said. And if you follow what Christ said, your wife will follow what you said because you're following Christ. So she's not really following you. She's following Christ. See how that works? So we have to establish on that foundation in order for our, you know, in order for our relationship to be nourished and flourish. Let's go to first John. Because I've heard sisters tell brothers, um, you know, a lot of times when brothers first come into this truth, everything that, you know, every conversation, they're applying the Bible. So they'll be saying something. He's like, nah, but the Bible says this. And they're like, put the Bible down for a second. Put the Bible down for a second. Can you, can you put that down and have a conversation? And this is what happens when you put the Bible down. Because my question is, what part should I put down? The part that says, honor your mother and father. I shouldn't steal. Don't be a fornicator. What part should I put down? The part you don't agree with? Because if I put it down, all of that goes with it. Should I be a fornicator now? Should I be a murderer and a thief now? Because you want me to put the book down? So, we you want to stand clear of that. Because, that, you know, the man that... The man that is following the Most High, he's following those laws that say don't steal, don't kill, respect your wife, love your wife. And he's following the holy days and he's following, you know, what foods not to eat. So you can't tell him to put half of it away because if you do that, you're about to mess up a good thing. You're about to mess up a good thing because this is what comes with putting that book down. Uh, first, first John 2 and 17. Oh, excuse me, I'm sorry. 15 and 16. Sorry about that. 15 and 16. Yes, sir. First John 2 and 15. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. See, so if you're chasing the world and, you know, what the world would, you know, promote to you as acceptable and cool and popular, then you don't love the Most High. If you love, you know, eating the foods that they say, going out on their days, celebrating their days, the Most High is not in you. Because you love the world. That's what you love. You don't love him. Continue, brother. Verse 16. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. See, so if you want him to put down the book, then this is what comes with that putting down the book. Read it again, brother. Verse 16. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the Father. But it's of the world. See? So if he put down that book, this is what comes. Now he become lustful. He become lasciviousness. I know you've seen that. That's, you know, you know that, that means being lustful. You know, never being, you know, uh, never think that you're complete. Everything you see, you want. You know, whether it's a woman, the car, the shoe, you just want everything. That's what comes with a man putting down this book. So I wouldn't suggest that you tell a brother to put the book to the side. Because he's going to put the book to the side, but it's not going to just affect that pork that he's not eating. It's going to affect everything in them. So, you can only, you only have it one way. Read that from the top, brother, please, before we move on. Verse 15. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the Father. But it's of the world. Now, we're going to go to the scriptures because brothers ask, sisters ask too, what if my... My husband or my wife is not in the truth. What if, you know, what if they're not really, they want to do hollers, I don't, you know, they want to eat the foods, I don't. What, should I just leave? 
we're gonna, you know, we're gonna go into that because some brothers, some sisters are just looking for a reason to leave. They're just looking for a reason. Oh, yeah, she went out this side. I'm done. I can't do this no more. I need to find somebody else. They, Israel, will find an excuse to go be carnal. They will. There's some brothers and some sisters who are doing things just so, you know, so the relationship don't come together, so you can leave. Let's go to it. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 7. Let's show you what the Most High say about an unbelieving wife or husband, excuse me, a husband or wife. We're going to read 1 Corinthians 7, 13 through 15. 1 Corinthians 7, verse 13. And the woman which hath an husband that believeth not. And if he be pleased to dwell with her, let her not leave him. See, so if you have a husband who don't believe, but he's, he's, you know, he's well to still be with you. He's not trying to leave you because of it. He still love you. He's still performing, you know, his, his duties, but he's not following the laws. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 13. And the woman which hath an husband that believeth not. And if he be pleased to dwell with her. Let her not leave him. See, so you can't leave because she's not following the most high. That, that's unlawful. That's a sin. You cannot just leave because she don't see things how you see it at this point. Or he don't see things as you see it at this point. Bear with him. Be patient. You didn't always have the truth. I didn't always have the truth. Somehow the most high softened our heart. And we came to it. Continue, brother. Verse 14. For the unbelieving husband is sanctified by the wife. And the unbelieving wife is sanctified by the husband. Elsewhere, your children unclean, but now are they holy. See, so your family, your house is covered through the husband's belief or through the wife's belief. Even if the husband don't believe, through your faith and belief, your house is protected. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 14. For the unbelieving husband is sanctified by the wife. And the unbelieving wife is sanctified by the husband. Else were your children unclean, but now are they holy. But if the unbelieving depart, let him depart. Read that again. But if the unbelieving depart, let him depart. See, so if the one who don't believe wants to leave, you have to allow him to leave. Listen, I can't get with the Passover. You're not eating pork. You you, you won't do Christmas. I'm out of here. Hey, I got to let you go. I got to let you go. That's scripture. I have to let you go. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 15. But if the unbelieving depart, let him depart. A brother or a sister is not under bondage in such cases, but God hath called us to peace. See, so somebody who don't want to follow the law, they decide to leave, not you, the believer. If they decide, then you you relinquish. You relinquish it. Let it go. The Most High will bring you a woman or a brother that will follow. There's many sisters that want to follow the law. There's many brothers, sisters out there who will follow the law, looking to follow the law. He will give you something else. That's okay. Let's go to Ecclesiastes. Old Testament. We're going to go to Ecclesiastes 3 and we're going to read verse 1 and 2. Ecclesiastes 3 verse 1. To everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under the heaven. A time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to pluck up that is what's planted. Right, so children have a responsibility. Women have a duty. Men have a duty. We all have a duty. We can't do each other's jobs, though. Every family member has a duty to tend to. And if you don't attend to that duty, something is being undone. So we have to get back in order. Sisters, be sisters. Allow your man to lead. Brothers, lead righteously. 
Don't be, you know, spliffing up every every hour. You know, playing video games, watching movies and all that. Come on, man. Get your family together because women like growth. And if you're not growing, then she's already thinking past you, brother. Because all you want to do is sit around and play games. I've sat here and watched you for four years, not look for a job. They'd be lying too. Yeah, yeah, I, I was looking for a job. And you, while you at work, he's sitting there playing games on Xbox Live all day. Lying. You're going to get an enemy. A sister going to be your enemy now. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 1. To everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under the heaven. A time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to pluck up. That is what is planted. Right. So there, you know, there's there's a right time for everything. For sisters to take this, you know, the forefront, for brothers to take the forefront and for the kids to always listen. That That's their duties to follow what their parents say. But we got to be together because one parent, well, it can happen, but the parents should be, they should never disagree in front of their kids. They should never disagree because a child, Satan will use that, you know, as a divide. Well, mom said this. Well, dad said that. We should never disagree in front of our kids. Let's disagree back there and then come out with the same answer or whatever the man says goes. But when you go back there, sister, let him know how he feels. But don't show that divide to your children. Let's go to Ephesians 5. Because the Most High gave men a commandment. Let's see what that commandment was. We're going to go to Ephesians 5 and 25. Ephesians 5 verse 25. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave gave himself for it. Read that again. Verse 25. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. Notice, if you examine the scripture, he doesn't tell wives to love their husbands. Why? Because they already do that. We all know that sisters love and they love hard. It's the brothers whose behavior don't show that they love their wives. Because how did Christ love love the church? Would he lie to the church? Would he, you know, would he put his hands on the church? Or would he respect the church and listen to the church? Read that one more time, brother. Verse 25, husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word. Right. See, so through the word, we must, you know, lead men and teach our women the Bible. Notice it says wives, uh, excuse me, husbands, love your wives. Why? Because that's what women do. They love you first. A lot of times they love you harder. They're more adamant. They show you. Through speech and through action, brothers will say they're loving you, but then they out there on the side or they're not looking to share any of the responsibilities. So that's why the most High is saying that you have to show her you love her through your actions. Right. A sister will be cussing you behind out while she's making you dinner. <laughs> See, that's what he's talking about. See, it's us. It's what we're putting on display. Is that love to your wife? Would Christ treat the church like that? Alright, so let's go to Ecclesiasticus in your Apographer, because we're going to show you that spirit that causes a divide. Go into Ecclesiasticus, or Sirach. We're going to read chapter 25. Uh, verse 22 through 25, brother. 
Ecclesiasticus 25 verse 22. A woman, if she maintain her husband, is full of anger, impudence, and much reproach. Right. It says a woman that maintain her husband, which means she have now become the provider. She's she's ruling everything. She's paying for everything, and not even just the paying. She's making the rules. You won't you won't discipline yourself. You won't discipline your child. She's cooking. She's cleaning. She's picking up the kids. She's cooking your food. She's washing your clothes. She's cleaning. She's doing the trash. She's doing everything. And at nighttime, she's still fulfilling her wifely duties for you. So when you when a woman start to become the provider and seem as if you you know you just sitting at home all day. Twiddling your thumbs, not looking to even better yourself, not concentrating on what the Most High put you here for, not focused on being a better man. Read it again, brother, please. Verse 22, a woman, if she maintain her husband, is full of anger, impudence, and much reproach. Right, so now she's irritated. Now she's constantly annoyed now. See? And brothers, we'll point to the attitude as opposed to what gave her the attitude. Well, man, she just, I just can't deal with her, man. Just black women, they just got attitudes all the time. <laughs> well, what, brother, what, what did you do? That, wh- where's that part at? See? Read that one more time, brother. Verse 22. A woman, if she maintain her husband, is full of anger, impudence, and much reproach. A wicked woman abateth the courage, maketh in heavy continence, and a wounded heart. A woman that will not comfort her husband is in distress, maketh weak hands and feeble knees. Read that last part again, because now it's going into a wicked woman. A woman that will not comfort her husband in distress, maketh weak hands and feeble knees. Right, so a devoted woman won't take a man's prowess. These things make a man weak. Notice that women usually live longer than the man. Why is that? Because you're weakening him through argument. That weakens a man. Sisters, they live through it. They argue with you, then they live longer than you. That's how it works. That's why he said, a man who finds a good wife shall live a long life. She's going to live regardless. It's you <laughs> that may not live, okay? Because why? She'll, you, you know, are you, you'll win the argument, but you'll lose the person that you love, the person that's going to be there for you and protect you when, the, you know, when things go down. So, you know... You, when it comes down to it, men, we need that safe perspective that works with our vitality. And sisters need that person that's going to protect them and make the right choice and be stern. We need each other. Satan wants us to drive, be driving apart, driven apart. So when things come, martial law come, mark of the beast come, sisters don't have nobody to protect them. See, and that's exactly what they want. They're glad he's not there now. Government's glad the man's not there. They're happy about that. Read that again, brother. Verse 23, a wicked woman abated the courage, maketh in heavy continence and a wounded heart. A woman that will not comfort her husband in distress, maketh weak hands and feeble knees. Right, so now, at this time, because you're not handling your responsibility, she's looking to fluster you. She's looking to shame you now. That's what she's looking to do now, because you're not handling your responsibilities. So she don't deem you as a man, because if you was a man, you would handle your responsibilities with her. See? Men, sometimes we think that everything's good just because she's not saying anything. And usually when she's not saying anything, it's about to fall apart. Because she's tired of talking. She's tired of talking. Just because you're in a relationship and she don't bring up certain things don't mean that everything is okay. So we have to just focus on what the Most High said. Do that. And she can't request from you any more than what the Most High is requesting. She's not God. So, you know, 
follow what the Most High said, and He's going to lead you with wisdom into you know what you should do, how you can change, how you can better yourself, how you can make her more comfortable. Because think about it. Usually it's the woman who leaves the man. I, I don't know too many brothers who leave women. Because they comfortable, they good, you know, where the game at, turn, control that. Whole time she's thinking like, I should have stayed with so-and-so. I, I, I thought I had it bad before. This is what she's thinking about. See? And she's going to be fed up and she will leave. She will leave and then you'll be there playing the games. I don't know where you're going to be playing them at because she's probably paying all the bills. So you're <laughs> probably going to be playing it at your mom's house again on the ba- in the basement. <laughs> See? So don't think because she's not saying anything that everything is okay. If you're not doing what the Most High said, it's not okay. She may just she may not want to say it to you because she may know that that's going to spark an argument, or you're going to get loud, or you're going to get aggressive. So a lot of times, women they're already planning their escape route before they leave. They've been thinking about it for a year already. They're like, all right, let me put this money to the side. Let me just go see there. Let me see this. Let me get another job. Let me get ready to change my phone. As soon as I leave out of here, I'm just going to slip it soon on the phone. So they already planning this. Whole time, you don't know what's going on. You you at the, you at the club. You playing pool down in the street. Your woman is making an escape plan this whole time. So we got to be aware, brothers. We must be aware of what's transpiring in our own homes before this thing sneak up on you. Because why? Women do not like stagnation. They want to see growth. If they see your behavior starting to be detrimental to the legacy that you have, you know, grown together, she's going to pull away because she's going to protect herself and her children. If she have children, she's going to protect her future. Brothers, we don't sometimes we don't think about the future. We just thinking about today. We just thinking about today because there's so many things going on in today, especially for a black man. It's like, I can't even think that far. I can't think that far. I got a headache now. I got to go to bed now. I can't even think like that. See? So if you just focus on what the Most High said, you don't have to think like that because he did the thinking for you. That's why he said, follow this. That's why he said, follow this, brothers. Uh, Continue, brother. Verse 24. Of the woman came the beginning of sin, and through her we all died. Now, that's not to blame a woman, but Eve was the one who sinned first. She was an innocent party. She was deceived. She didn't purposely do this. So we're not bringing this out to, you know. To point the finger and say, you know, you're the problem. We're the problem. What can we do? What part can we change as an individual, as a man? What can I do? As a woman, what can I do? That's where we're at. Continue, brother. Verse 25. Give the water no passage, neither a wicked woman liberty to gather abroad. Right, because see, now while this happening, she's talking to everybody about it now. She's talking to everybody. And you know she's going to get to that one friend that was going to say, I told you so. I don't want to say it, but I told you so. See? It's like the only... She got a million friends, but the one that answers is usually the one who's, you know, bitter. Don't have anything going on. So she's just looking to destroy what you got going on. She know everybody's business. She know everybody's business. See? This is who your woman will start talking to. See? No, you should do this. You, you sister, you, you need to take them to child support. You, you need to... See? This is what happens because you are not in your proper position taking full responsibility for what the Most High said he needs you to do as a man, especially as a man of God. As a man of God, this is our responsibility. This is how you build a fortress of protection around your relationship. You build it up on Christ. Christ will hold it up for you. Christ will hold it up for you, for us. Let's go to Ecclesiastes 26.
Ecclesiasticus 26 and 1. Ecclesiasticus 26 verse 1. Blessed is the man that hath a virtuous wife, for the number of his days shall be double. See? See? His days will be double if he have a virtuous wife. If he don't have a virtuous wife, he's going to die at a young age because he's arguing. Argument weakens a relationship. You can't be arguing about minuscule things. You know what I mean? Well, you know, you, 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 you keep putting your socks down at the bottom. The socks are supposed to go at the top. <laughs> what, 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 what's going on here? What's going on? Man, she never makes the burgers that I like. She always put the meat on this side and put the lettuce on the bottom. I don't know what I could do about this, man. I don't know what I could do. <laughs> Read that one more time, brother. Verse 1. Oh. Blessed is the man that hath a virtuous wife, for the number of his days shall be doubled. Right. Why will his days be doubled? Because she's going to help lead, help him lead. She's going to let him lead. She's going to help nourish him. She's going to protect the family. She's going to give him that nurturing, you know, or, you know, that nurturing, protective outlook, her perspective, which is protection. That's what, you know, she's a protector. She protects her family. She protects her man. That's why, you know, while you're at home and you maybe you're about to have company over, she just automatically just start cleaning up and stuff. She just, you're like, what, what are you doing? It's just, it's just Josh. What are you doing? <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, you know, she wants you to be seen in your strength. She don't want you to be seen in a negative light. So she just start doing stuff. I had to tell my wife, you know, the other day, like, you know, He's just coming over for a minute. She's cooking dinner. I'm like, listen, I, I, I didn't bring him here for a buffet. We're just going to talk a little bit. But this is how women are. They'll be super clean in this stuff. I'm like, it's just my family. You don't have to do all that. No. Women, they have things that they like to do. They like to represent for you and show you in a good light as their man. Because if they don't show you in a good light, then how does it show them? How, do, how are they viewed now? Continue, brother. Verse 2. A virtuous woman rejoiceth her husband, and he shall fulfill the years of his life in peace. See, read that again. <clears throat> Verse 2. A virtuous woman rejoiceth her husband, and he shall fulfill his years of life in peace. See, in peace. See, peace allows you to fulfill your life. Peace. That means you can't be dealing with argument on over everything. You got to compromise. You got to lose sometimes. You got to win sometimes. Sometimes it takes a sister to be the bigger woman. Or a brother to, to be the bigger man. Why? Because it's like a Mexican standoff. And y'all both there with your guns like. <laughs> ready. Like somebody got to drop it. Somebody got to let it go. You got to. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 2. A virtuous woman rejoiceth her husband. And he shall fulfill the years of his life in peace. In peace. Continue. Verse 3. A good wife is a good portion. Which shall be given in the portion of them that fear the Lord. Read that again. A good wife is a good portion, which shall be given in the portion of them that fear the Lord. Right, see, so if you fear the Lord and keep his commandments, you'll get a good wife. If you don't, then you're going to get exactly what you are, which is disobedient, non-submissive. A woman will submit to you, but she has to be able to trust you, trust your judgment. She has to be able to trust you, because why? Once a sister, you know, give up her virtue, that's some of her power that's been taken. So now she lose some of her strength to you. And now, you know, you out doing some other stuff now. She didn't give you her virtue for that. Read that again, brother. Verse 3. A good wife is a good portion, which shall be given in the portion of them that fear the Lord. Verse 4. Whether a man be rich or poor, if he have a good heart towards the Lord, 
He shall at all times rejoice with a cheerful countenance. Right. So a man of the most high is usually hospitable, courteous, welcoming, loving, smiling typically. Continue, brother. Verse 5. There be three things that mine heart feared. And for the fourth, I was so afraid. The slander of a city, the gathering together of a unruly multitude, and a false accusation. All these are worse than death. But a grief of heart and sorrow is a woman that is jealous over another woman, and a scourge of the tongue which committed with all, which communicated with all. Right, so a sister would never tell you that she's envious of somebody. You'll just see the end result of her envy. And brothers can't be doing things to make their women envious or jealous. You walking down the street with your wife, you can't even keep your eyes on your head. You looking at every girl that walked past while you standing next to your wife. See, now you're going to get an enemy. You, you're going to get an enemy now. See? Read that one more time, brother. Verse 6. But a grief of heart and sorrow is a woman that is jealous over another woman. And a scourge of the tongue which communicated with all. Right. Communicated with all. So she, she's talking to everybody. She's talking to everybody. So brothers got to do their due diligence to not make their woman jealous. Because it's things that we do that make our woman jealous. And we shouldn't be making our woman jealous because, Lord, for, hide us all if she make you jealous. She talk to somebody or look somewhere. I don't know what's going to happen after that. you probably going to break the car in half or something. Lord forbid that happened, right? So let's just respect each other. That's all. That's all we got to do. Continue, brother. Verse 7. An evil wife is a yoke shaken to and fro. He that hath hold on her is as though he held a scorpion. Right. Read that one more time. Verse 7. An evil wife is a, is a yoke shaken to and fro. He that has hold of her is as though he held a scorpion. Right. Why is that? Because you're, you know, you're shaking to and fro because you're not moving forward with one objective. That's what this is saying. You're actually standing still. See? Continue, brother. Verse 8. A drunken woman and a gather abroad causes great anger. And she will not cover her own shame. Right. So if this is how you met her, think about what she was doing when you met her. Because you're not going to change somebody. Think about, brothers or sisters, what he was doing when you met him. Think about that. Because we got to start basing our decisions on more than just looks or what his bank account is. Or she got the good hair or the eye. Whatever carnal things young people look at nowadays. Read that again, brother. Verse 8. A drunken woman and a gather abroad causes great anger, and she will not cover her own shame. The whoredom of a woman may be known in her haughty looks and eyelids. Read that again. Verse 9. The whoredom of a woman may be known in her haughty looks and eyelids. So we know there's sisters who they get dressed, they post pictures, because they're looking to provoke a spirit of carnality. They're looking for people who are dealing in the spirit of lasciviousness. They're looking for that, and we all know it. Those sisters had that spirit on them where they they just looking for somebody to lust after them. We we know that. And you know a sister that have the spirit of a harlot. You know that. Sisters, you know it too. Because you probably don't want that sister around your man. And you, and you know it. You know it. She may be able to kick it with you outside the house, but you'll never <laughs> bring her in there. Right? See? Continue, brother. Verse 10. If thy daughter be shameless, keep her in straightly. Lest she abuse herself through overmuch liberty. Read that again. Verse 10. If thy daughter be shameless, keep her in straightly. 
Lest she abuse herself through over much liberty. Right. So if you have, a, especially brothers, if you got a daughter, you know, uh, you're raising a daughter, um, and your daughter is dealing in looseness, so to speak, you cannot permit her, you know, the permissibility to be able to destroy herself before she find her purpose. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 10. If thy daughter be shameless, keep her in straightly. Lest she abuse herself through overmuch liberty. Right. See? And that usually when you got a woman who have much liberty, she's just trying to be out, trying to be seen. She's dealing with all types of stuff. She have no business. Don't give her that liberty to do that. And see, that's the women, the woman's liberal movement right there. Give you the liberty to do whatever you want to do. You can rule everything. We're going to pay you more. So you think you don't need a man when it's more than the money that you bring in the house. It's more than that. You need somebody that you can lean on, somebody that will protect you, give you good counsel, teach you about the most high. It's not just about the money. Continue, brother. Verse 11. Watch over an impudent eye and marvel not if she trespassed against thee. She will open her mouth as a thirsty traveler when he hath found a fountain and drink of every water near her. Read that again, brother. She will open her mouth as a thirsty traveler when he hath found a fountain and drink of every water near her. By every hedge will she sit down and open her quiver against every arrow. Right. So that moment she's away from her family is okay. Don't give this late this young lady the autonomy to destroy herself. That's what this is saying. See, because she's going to start to be promiscuous. She think her giving herself up that she think that that's you know that's that's you know looking out for the community. Her giving her own body up. That's what she thinks. So brothers understand when you got a fast daughter or your cousin a little fast. Don't give her that much liberty. Watch them phones. Watch them phones. Especially if she's looking for constant attention because guess where that constant attention is? It's right on the internet. It's right on the internet. You want that constant attention? And see, that's why they came up with these social sites. Because while you're looking at all these pictures and all these girls, you're missing the woman that's right there. And you're about to lose her while you're looking at everybody else. Mm-hmm. See, that's exactly why they did it. To feed that spirit of vanity, sisters. You want to take a selfie here and this and that and that. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with pictures. Because women are beautiful and they love that. And that's good. But there's a level where you, you, you understand that there's something else going on here. We shouldn't be putting up pictures to get people to lust after us. We shouldn't be doing that. Brothers either. Brothers either. Continue, brother. Verse 13. The grace of a wife delighteth her husband and her discretion will fatten his bones. See, discretion strengthens her husband. An ethical woman keeps the diplomacy of her home. She don't run and tell her business to everybody. Because why? Everybody don't care. They actually, they, they, as soon as they get off the phone with you, they like... I thought I had it bad. I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> She's going with this, that, this, that, this. See, while you thinking, see, there's discretion. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 13. The grace of a wife delighted her husband and her discretion will fatten his bones. Right. Don't compromise your privacy, sisters. Continue, brother. Verse 14. A silent and loving woman is a gift of the Lord. Read that again. A silent and loving woman is a gift of the Lord. See, it says a silent. Now, is it saying women can't talk? No. It's saying that a woman of the most high values peace in her home. That's what that's saying. So she know when to talk and she also know when to just let it go and be quiet. Read it again, brother. Verse 14. A silent and loving woman is a gift of the Lord. 
And there is nothing so much worth as a mind well instructed. See, a mind well instructed. You must instruct your wife. How do you instruct her? By your behavior. Not by telling her what to do. Here, here, here. Do this, do that, do that. No, no, no. She's just going to look at you. And she's going to conform to that. Why? Because it's said in Genesis that she had a desire to her husband. So she wants to please you. It may take some time while you stop celebrating holidays and eating foods. But if that's what pleases you, she's going to go over to it. Because the most high put her in that. It just take you to hold up and hold that strength for that first year or two while she playing with it to just see if you're going to come back. It's like a tug of war. Is she going to pull you back or are you going to pull her over? She'll come if you wait long enough. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 14. A solid and loving woman is a gift of the Lord. And there is nothing so much worth as a mind well instructed. Right. So a marriage doesn't work. Uh, or it won't formulate because... There's no instruction. A lot of times we get into relationships and just think it's just, you know, hanging out, you know, paying bills together, sleeping together. Well, no, that's not it. There have to be some instruction. When we get together, we're talking about, you know, how what can we do for the most high? What legacy can we build? How, what, you know, there have to be some instruction, not just getting together because we like each other. It can't be like that. Or because we like to party together. We like the same alcohol. It can't be that. There have to be some instruction of what you both can do in order to bring you and your children, if there's children, or the children you may have, closer to God. Continue, brother. Verse 15. A shame-faced and faithful woman is a double grace, and her continent mind cannot be valued. Read that again. Verse 15. A shame-faced and faithful woman is a double grace, and her continent, mine, cannot be valued. See? A faithful woman. Now, there's there's a few different levels of unfaithfulness. A lot of times brothers think it's just, you know, when you go cheat on her, like physically. And that's not just the unfaithfulness. That's not it. You know, if you're dealing with some type of, you know, you're charming to everyone else, but then you got malice to her. Or she have malice to you. She she lollygagging, smiling, having fun with everybody else. But when it's just y'all two, it's nothing but vitriol and venom. That's unfaithful. That's not fair. Continue, brother. Verse sixteen: As the sun when it ariseth in the high in the high heaven, so is the beauty of a good wife in the ordering of her house. Read that again. Verse sixteen: As the sun when it ariseth in the high heaven. So is the beauty of a good wife in the ordering of her house. See, you see the beauty in a woman when she's in order. That means she know that the Christ is the head of the man. The man is the head of her and she's the head of the children. See, that shows her beauty. That shows her strength because she know her place. And that's not, we're not trying to be, you know, misogynist, you know, but we're just saying there's order and we've gotten out of order and it have led to what we have at our feet before us. So a woman that knows the order strengthens the house. Read that one more time, brother. Verse verse 16. As the sun, when it arises in the high heaven, so is the beauty of a good wife in the ordering of her house. As the clear light is upon the holy candlestick, so is the beauty of the face in right age. As the golden pillars are upon the sockets of silver, so are the fair feet with a constant heart. My son, keep the flower of thine age sound, and give not thy strength to strangers. Give not thy strength to strangers means don't tell your business to everybody. That's what that means. You're giving your strength out by you saying everything your man don't do. Or everything that your wife... Man, my wife, she just... Man, she don't cook. She, man, she just don't clean. 
And brothers is probably thinking, she'll cook and clean for me. Not for you, though. <laughs> See? So you need to keep the discretion of your home. Don't just be sharing that with everybody. I heard brothers at the barber shop telling people they don't even know about the struggles they're having at home. I'm like, brother, that's not the way to fix it, to come talk to us at the barber shop. You may want to talk to her about that. <laughs> Have you talked to her? Does she know any of this? Read that one more time, brother. Verse 18. As the golden pillars are upon the sockets of silver... So are the fair feet with a constant heart. My son, keep the flower of thine age sound, and give not thy strength to strangers. Now, are we saying, you know, sisters can't have counsel with another sister? We know that sisters always talk to each other, you know what I mean? But you can't talk to everybody. You have to know somebody who's following the law, somebody you can trust. That's the people you talk to, brothers. We can counsel with each other, tell us what we're going through, but you can't do that with everybody. Though you you probably have associates and friends or accomplices out there who are not following the Most High, don't have the same values as you and morals. Those are not the people you want to go to because they're always going to give you the wrong answer. Mm-hmm. A brother asked me, a coworker asked me about a few months ago. He said, "You know, brother, would you say that it's okay for me to step out on my girl because she really, you know, she's stripping?" And I told her, "I, you know, I don't want her stripping." So you know. <clears throat> Do you think it would be wrong for me to, you know, go do what I want to do? And I replied to him, brother, I would never tell you to cheat on your wife. Like, I would never say that. I don't care what she did. Me telling you that's okay is never going to come out of my mouth. So you can't, you can't take counsel from everybody. There's specific people that you can trust because they're following the same laws as you. See? Because certain people, Satan will use those who are not following the Most High to attack the nucleus, to destroy your home. I know sisters. They'll be talking to their sister, blood sister, who don't follow the Most High at all, have no respect for a man, have no respect for the order, and you think she's going to give you what? She's going to give you some fruitful information? No. No. She wants you to be just like her. Take them to child support, girl. (laughs) Take Take it all. Now, I'm not saying the child support thing as if it's a bad thing. If, you know, a brother is not taking care of his responsibilities and you can't do it, then that's that's something different. But a lot of sisters are using child support because they're angry. So because he cheated or did this, now you want to go, that's that's wrong. Because why? Now he's viewed as a criminal. Once that thing stack up on him, he's going to be thrown in jail at some point. He's a criminal now. He's not going to be able to lead the country now. He owe money in child support. Now he got to die here in Babylon. See? So it's really not worth it. Look at those family courts. There's a register down there in them family courts. And usually it's us down there. I'm like, I know there's some, some Asians not taking care of their kids. Why does it seem like it's only us down here? <laughs> See? So we got to find a way to meet in the middle. Not to say that sisters can't do that, but they're giving all black men a bad name. There's not that many deadbeat dads. There's a lot. But the majority of the black men aren't deadbeat dads. But yet they're all being hit with the same, you know, issue. Being viewed as a criminal. Continue, brother. Verse 20. When thou hast gotten a fruitful possession through all the field, sow it with thine own seed, trusting in the goodness of thy stock. So thy race, which thou leavest, shall be magnified, having the confidence of their good descent. Read that again. 21. So thy race, which thou leavest, shall be magnified, Having the confidence of their good descent. Right. So generation to generation, if there's value in the home, children will learn, you know, and understand the purpose from a, for a relationship because they're learning that from their parents. So, you know, we want our daughters to see how a woman should be treated. 
you know, how a man should treat her. So therefore, she's seeing that through her father. Young men need to understand how to treat a woman. Therefore, when they get out there, they know because they saw it from their from their household. Because what happens is they get confused and they usually just repeat what they see. Right. So if you're dealing with a mother who really just run over her husband, don't listen to anything. It is likely that the daughter going to do the same thing. If the father's just being a fornicator, a liar, a cheater, his son probably going to do the same thing because he don't have no respect. Just like you don't have no respect. So generation to generation, everything they see is a learning experience. Not what we say is what they're viewing and they're viewing everything. They'll be watching you from your room while they just they listening in the conversation. You and they're talking. They're like, what's going on in there? They be listening. <laughs> they be listening. Sometimes they don't even know what they're listening to, but they hear when they hear that flux in your voice, that that influx in your voice, they know. Hold on, something serious. Daddy voice and went up like that. What's wrong? Over there. <laughs> See? So they're watching. Look. <laughs> Continue, brother. Verse 22. And harlot shall be accounted as a spittle, but a married woman is a tower against death to her husband. Continue. Read that again, brother. I'm sorry. Verse 22, and harlot shall be accounted as spittle, but a married woman is a tower against death to her husband. Right. So there's some sisters out there out who, you know, they'll say it's misogynist because, you know, men get glorified or notches on their belt when they're whoremongering and they get called a harlot. See, so because they want to be a flesh peddler, they say, you know, well, because he's doing it. I should be able to do it. I should be able to demoralize myself. He's doing it. I want to destroy myself too. <laughs> See? And and y'all know there's some girls, some women out there like that. All over social media. You know, I, I'm in tune with my body. I, I should be able to be naked and walk without my shirt on. I'm like, sister, uh, fair is a place where they judge pigs. Life ain't fair. You can't do that. Read it again, brother. Verse 22. And harlot shall be accounted as spittle, but a married woman is a tower against death to her husband. Right, so if you're dealing in the spirit of carnality or a harlot as a woman or a brother, you spittle to the most high. You're spit on the ground. You're nothing. You're not worth anything. See? Let's go to Ezekiel 16 and 44. We're almost done here. Ezekiel 16, verse 44. Behold, everyone that uses Proverbs shall use the proverb against thee, saying, As in the mother, so is her daughter. Read that again. Verse 44. Behold, everyone that uses Proverbs shall be shall use this proverb against thee, saying, As is the mother, so is her daughter. See, so brothers, it would probably be you know pretty smart to take a look at the mother. Because the mother is raising her daughter to be just like her. See? So if you want to see what you're getting into, just go speak to the mother. Talk to the mother. See her attitude. See her countenance. See her respect level. How she's dressing. How she's carrying herself. Because why? She taught her daughter the same thing. See? And that's why it's, you know, that's why a man have to lead. Because a man, usually when a girl was young, her father raised her up until the age of accountability where when she was dealing with her menstruation. And then she was continued that being raised 
with an older man, usually her husband, teaching her how to be a woman. It went from the father to the boy who was already a man at 12 because he was raised to be a man. See? So if you want to see what you're going to get, go look at the mother. Go look at the mother. Read that one more time, brother. Verse 44. Behold, everyone that uses this proverb shall... Everyone that uses Proverbs shall use this proverb against thee, saying, As is the mother, so is their daughter. Right. So if the mother is somebody who have no respect for a man, won't allow a man to rule, guess what? She's teaching her daughter that same exact thing. And it just continues. It's just a repetitive cycle. That's all it is. So go take a look at that. Look at the mother. That's what you're going to get. Now, we have two more scriptures, but there's another... There's a lot, another uh, iniquity. There's another, there's another stamp in the community that Satan uses to break our families apart. And it's money. Oh, he, he, he don't make enough money. Or, you know, he over there, he, he make 10000 more. His car is nicer. Whole time, his car is nicer. He's probably making more money. But he's probably going to treat you like he don't care about you. See? So Satan will use that. He will use that money. I think, you know, I want a man that, you know, make six figures and, you know, take me shopping whenever I want to. Okay. Okay. Something else going to come with that too, though. Go to, uh, go to first Timothy six. First Timothy six and six. First Timothy six, verse six, but godliness with cunt. Well, contentment mm-hmm. is great gain. Mm-hmm. Verse 7. Yes, sir, please. For we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain we can carry nothing out. And having food and raiment, let us be there with content. See, so if you have food and raiment, if you have clothes, food, a home, be content with that. See? Be content with that. He may not have all of what you think he should have. See? But if you have the necessities, read that again from the top, brother. Verse 6. But godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain we can carry nothing out. And having food and raiment, let us be therewith content. Continue. But they that which that will be rich fall into temptation read, and a snare. Read that again. Verse 9. But they that will be rich fall into temptation and a snare, and into many foolish and hurtful lusts. Was drown men in destruction and perdition. See, so you may want to stay with that broke brother that you got, because at least he love you. Mm-hmm. He don't have no money to lust. There's not a hundred girls chasing him. He don't have it. You better stay with that brother right there, because when you get up there, you think there's not other sisters who looking for a brother who got money. And if he got it, guess what? They taking their clothes off. They they already doing it for free online. So with being rich come lust. Come lasciviousness. Why? Because you got that power. Money is power, right? So they say, at least you can do whatever you want. You can buy whatever you want. See? So while you're saying a man ain't making enough, you're going to get an enemy if you if that's what you're chasing. If you have food, clothes, home, be content with that. The most I can get y'all rich overnight. He can get y'all rich overnight. Together. Last scripture. Let's go to Mark 3 and 24. Mark 3, verse 24. And if a kingdom be divided against itself, the kingdom cannot stand. Read. 
And if a house be divided against itself, the house cannot stand. See, and this is what we have to realize. If the houses are divided, then the nation will be divided. Us as a people will be divided if we don't start to stay together with our people. And this is something that you can use as a tool to tell your counterpart. You know, we need to come together on one accord because if you keep doing your holy days and I keep doing holidays or you keep not eating this food and you keep eating it, the house going to fall down. It's going to fall down. So we got to come together on what's right. There is no, okay, yeah, you know, over time, of course, you need to be patient, but there can't be for five, ten years. Yeah, yeah, well, she do Christmas. I, I don't do it, though. That's not going to work. Your house going to fall down. Watch. Read it again, brother. Verse 20, verse 25, and if a house be divided against itself, the house cannot stand. So you need to tell your that sister, listen, this relationship is going to fall. I know you love me and I love you. But if we don't build it on what's right, the most high going to destroy it. See, because we cannot be divided. We must be the same on the truth. If you love me, we, we got to do this. We got to do this together because this is life or death. This will take our rulership. We cannot be divided. Read that one more time, brother, from the top. Verse 24. And if a kingdom be divided against itself, the kingdom cannot stand. And if a house be divided against itself, the house cannot stand. Right. So we must come together. And our homes come together. Our nation will come together. There's a, there's a staggering uh, percentage out there that over, uh, over 69% of quote-unquote black women are not being married. That's what the numbers say. I don't know if it's right or not, but that's what the numbers say. And it's not that our women aren't beautiful. They are beautiful. Something else is going on because if they're not being married, there's something going on with the men who aren't marrying them. We got to stick together, stop bumping heads, build our rulership and our dominion together, compromise, be understanding, listening. We want to say, sin no more and kwam yashallah. Come on, Mr. Allen.